Welcome back, and if you are new, welcome. Today we'll be checking out some pro revenge. Our first story is by Redditmindum87. You should always pay your accountant, especially if you've got skeletons in your closet. Story by Redditmindum87. My buddy is an accountant, he is his own firm. His biggest clients are small to medium-sized businesses. Well, he had a client who owned four different clubs-slash-bars in two different cities. The client was always shady, always slow on payment, etc. I was also a customer of one of the bars, they had a poker game that I would play on Thursdays. Well, one day I'm at my buddy's house, having a few beers and he's bitching about non-payment from a client. I ask who, but he doesn't want to say. But it's really bugging him because it's a significant chunk of change. He then says the name, we'll call him Scott. I'm like, wow Scott isn't paying you? He then says, Scott is saying business is way down and I think that's odd, I've been going to one Scott place and every Thursday it's packed. My buddy looks at me and goes, really? I go, yeah he does this new cash discount think, 15% off your tab if you pay cash my buddy goes, really? I tell him about my experience at Scott Bar, and eventually, the topic changes. A few weeks later my buddy called me up and says, you going to Scott's bar to play poker? I said yay, and he says, can I join? I go, sure. He joins, we get a few drinks in us and lose our money at poker, my house is closer he decides to crash there. On the way over he breaks down his theory. He thinks Scott is vastly underreporting his revenue. The reason why he suspects Scott is offering a cash discount is caused cash is easier to hide. He says he's going to do a deep dive into Scott's finances. My friend tells me his plan is to go to all four of Scott's establishments, get the prices he charges at each place, and piece together how much alcohol he's buying, versus how much Scott is saying his revenue equates to. He looks up how much Scott is paying in payroll, rent, bills, etc. Keep in mind he has access to all this info and he determines that Scott is basically using his credit card receipts plus a little bit of cash to cover the cost of his business including rent, payroll, insurance, liquor, food, etc. However, based on the number of products he's selling he's suspecting Scott is underreporting his total income by about 35% to 40%. He goes back into Scott's books even more, and he figures in the last year Scott has been underreporting his sales by 35% to 40%, but he's also been underreporting his sales by at least 20% to 25% for years on end. Simply put there is no way Scott is going through as much product, and as much alcohol as he's purchasing, and having the revenue numbers that he's claiming, he's underreporting his sales to his accountant. This means he's also underreporting his earnings to the IRS. By this point, Scott owes my friend thousands of dollars that he hasn't paid. He said his total amount oh could buy a brand new motorcycle. He never gave me an exact number. My friend decides fuck getting repayment from Scott, let's us get repayment from the IRS through the whistleblower program. He's estimating Scott's underreported his revenue by millions of dollars over the course of years. The whistleblower fees he'd earned from the IRS far outweigh the amount Scott owes him. The IRS will pay between 15 to 30% of what they collect. So with the assistance of a lawyer, my friend gathers all the evidence he is Scott's underreporting to the IRS and files a whistleblower report with the IRS. During this time my friend fires Scott as a client for non-payment. Now this part gets boring cause there's a lot of legal wrangling and back and forth, this went back and forth. However eventually the IRS comes down on Scott, and they come down hard. 
It estimated that Scott underreported his income to the IRS by about $4.5 million. Now my friend never told me how much the IRS was able to recoup, but Scott's businesses are no longer his businesses, and $4.5 million would put the whistleblower reward at $675,000 to $1.3 million. Keep in mind it's based on what the IRS collects, not the amount that's reported. I've asked my friend how much he got in the end, and he simply says I no longer have a mortgage, and it would have been much cheaper for Scott to just pay me. Our next story is by M31TD0WN. Tried to throw me under the proverbial bus, ran herself over. Story by M31TD0WN. I was building an online training module at work that is intended to teach existing users how to work a new process. It has interactive elements, quizzes, segments to work through a few sample scenarios, etc. Now we'd recently got a new associate director who from what I can tell advanced through the company by throwing other people under the bus. She gets promoted not for her own merits, but because at the end of the day she has less mud sticking to her than other applicants. It's uncanny to the point that there simply had to be more to it than stupid office politics. I'll get to that in a bit. So after I have the first draft of the module it gets sent out for the usual round of testing, and there are of course a couple of things that need to be corrected. I build the module of the notes the subject matter experts leave me, and a few things inevitably get lost in translation. But this new associate director just rips it to shreds, complaining that it's completely incomprehensible, needs to go into much greater detail, asking questions about nearly every individual mouse click in the sample scenarios, and overall stating that it's impossible to follow. The thing is, this module is intended for our finance department, for people who have a background in finance, and have already been trained on how to use our internal software. She is a training service associate director, with a teaching background. The module isn't supposed to make sense to a former middle school social studies teacher, it's supposed to make sense to people with finance degrees. I push back and try explaining this to her in a million different ways, but she's having none of it. So I have to go back to the subject matter experts with her 20 pages worth of criticism. And at first, they think I'm joking. I had to forward her email before they finally believed me. So for the next two weeks, we're going over every nuance, including readdressing everything that was covered during their three-week classroom training. How to set up their network drives, how to set up Outlook, including things as nuanced as if you don't know how to set up your email signature, click here. I mean really basic, basic stuff that has nothing to do with what the module was originally supposed to teach. But I now had to include it all because our new associate director couldn't find them on the switch if you stapled her finger to it. This wastes my time, the subject matter expert's time, and time spent re-recording all the voice work. If you've done voice work in the past, you know you never get it in one take, after it's all done, I send it back out for review and approval, and the associate director simply doesn't respond. A week passes. The finance director takes an interest in why this module is almost a month overdue. I go to forward the associate director's email again, except now I can't find it. Odd, seeing as how I have a hoarding problem when it comes to email. I check with one of the subject matter experts I was working with, he can't find it either. Turns out, none of us can find it. It's gone. So I check with a friend of mine in IT who after a little detective work discovers that a week ago someone did a compliance delete on the exchange server. This basically is a seek and destroy for messages meeting certain criteria. In this case, a specific phrase she used in her email. 
I start digging through Outlook trying to find particular emails related to this that might be used to defend my actions, and they're all gone. Inbox, sent items, deleted items. Every last one of them. Any email containing that particular phrase anywhere in it. This kind of thing is normally used by admins to mass delete spam or phishing emails from all users at once. Except, in this case, someone apparently deleted emails that showed evidence of her awful decisions. My friend in IT can smell a juicy story a mile away and was very interested in seeing where this went. She recovered the deleted emails and I promptly saved them to a flash drive. For the next few days, every time I had any email with this associate director's name on it, even unrelated stuff, you never know how something might fit together, I saved a copy to the flash drive. I informed the subject matter experts to do the same, and we started building our offline evidence locker. I didn't want to blow the lid on it just yet, I wanted to see if my suspicions were correct. Maybe a lifetime of watching spy movies and cop dramas had corrupted my thinking. Maybe there was another explanation. Who knows, it could happen, I'm not God, I don't know everything. I'll play defense. So after several weeks in total trying to appease this associate director's unquenchable thirst for irrelevant details, and then getting ignored for a week she finally publishes it and sends it to the finance director to approve so it can go live. Woo! Except for the module, which was supposed to be a 30-minute online course, now contained three hours of content, and went down several irrelevant rabbit holes that had been deemed critical supporting information. As an analogy, imagine designing a training module to teach a nurse how to enter some new CPT codes and being told you have to teach him how to read too because he might not know what words are. That's how much BS was rammed into this thing. And the finance director of course hated it and was surprised that such a rambling mess of a module would come from me of all people. So he calls a meeting with me and the associate director on Tuesday to get some answers, and sure enough she immediately tried to distance herself from it. Tried to paint it as she made a couple suggestions and I clearly went way overboard. How I must have sent her a different version that she approved and switched them afterwards, that's not even possible, it would get thrown back into a draft status. She kept trying to talk over me as I voiced my defense, and to his credit the finance director finally just muted her so I could speak. And boy did I. I explained everything. I shared my screen, popped in my flash drive, and opened my copies of the emails that had supposedly been deleted. Every email exchange where she complained about the material, I pushed back, and she flat out ordered me to build the module in the way I did. She abruptly left the meeting and went offline. The finance director asked if I could send him a copy of all relevant files, and as I did so I told him they might not be there later. And then explained what I had learned about someone in IT using the compliance delete. He assures me he'll look into it, and the shit immediately hit the fan. The associate director never logged back on. There was a massive internal audit where people from her previous departments were asked to provide statements. Leadership tried to keep it hush-hush but you just can't keep something that big under wraps. I don't know the specific what's and how's, but the associate director and one of the IT managers had both left the company to pursue the next stage of their careers, and we sincerely wish them the best. I don't really do the social media thing, but over the next few days as the rumor mill did what rumor mills do I heard their shit absolutely blew up, and it came out that the associate director and that IT manager were having an affair. Now this all went down about a month ago but as I wrote this post I thought to check online court records. Both are now facing divorces, filed by their respective spouses. So yeah, there's a void in my direct leadership, in IT's leadership, 
and the entire IT department is getting a shakedown by information security to determine if there were any other leaks. I spent some time reflecting on why this whole series of events happened, and my best guess is she wanted to make a grand entrance by spearheading this masterwork training module that covered every possible scenario and contained any and all information anyone could possibly want. Then as she started to realize how wasteful, rambling, and unnecessary it was, she realized that her grand entrance would be a grand faceplant. So she tried to erase the evidence and pin all the nonsense on me to save face, but inadvertently set in motion the events that would expose her little arrangement with the IT manager. Taking it up the ass in order to cover her ass I guess. Landscaping owner rips my friend off of $400, so my friend makes him incur $15,000 in expenses. Story by Three Nations. Word of note, this is not me, but posting up here for a friend who currently resides overseas. Long story, but worth the read. A while back my friend was selling some stuff online and among the items was a water heater. You know, the ones you see in every community hall slash church kitchen. It was in working condition, he threw it up online for $150, and got an email from a person who runs a landscaping business saying he'll give him $100 cash today. Done. Two weeks later, he got an email saying that it was not working. Weird. So my friend offered to give a full refund or cover repair cost if it's under $100. The guy instead sent an invoice for $400 saying the repairs had been done and if my friend doesn't pay it in 48 hours he'll send a debt collector after him. He paid it, out of fear, and emailed him the confirmation. The landscaping owner then emailed back saying, this is the price you sometimes have to pay when selling second-hand electronics, followed by A, have a great day, don't let this hold you back with a smile at the end of the email. A month later my friend was in a bar and he overhears a girl talking about how her boss, who runs a landscaping firm, screwed over some dumbass selling a water heater. My friend said oh damn I gotta hear this, do you mind if I join your table? And the girl said sure and told the story. Her boss had brought a busted water heater from a second-hand store for $25 and a working one for $100 and billed the seller for the repair of the busted one before he sold it for $300 to some community group. My friend asked who did this so I don't hire the guy to fix up my yard, she says the company name, and, lo and behold, it's on the email of the guy my friend sold the water heater to. He was the dumbass in the story. He told me he was pretty angry about it but COVID then hit so he had other stuff to worry about. 18 months later he was browsing the website he originally sold the water heater on and he saw a bunch of landscaping materials, shovels, gardening stuff wheelbarrows, lights for working at night, drills, nail guns, some construction materials, and, a generator. Now, in my friend's location, apparently, if you're selling a generator then you need to have a warrant of fitness for it proving that it works, it's safe, no frayed wires, etc., most people ignore it, and he saw that this generator is being sold by the landscaping firm. This generator he said, just by looking at it, there was no way in hell would it have a warrant of fitness. Word of note, a failure for a business to provide a warrant of fitness upon request for a generator after two weeks, when reported to the official departments and enforced by the court. The punishment is a hefty fine and the courts often force the seller to refund the affected party and pay any costs that they incurred. He talked to his flatmate who agreed that they would go 50-50 on the generator but he would transfer the money. Now, my friend had never met the landscaping firm owner face to face when selling the water heater, he left it outside and pickup was confirmed via his security camera, 
and when he got there it was clear that the owner, this old grumpy-looking man who enjoyed yelling at his employees, had emptied out his storage unit. The owner was very much as it is, no refund and the flatmate showed him the transfer confirmation and they take the generator for $800. No warrant of fitness is provided. They then took it to a friend of theirs who is an electrician and he agreed to check it and give an invoice for repairs and to quote the friend it would be cheaper to buy a new generator and to be honest, this generator shouldn't have been sold. It should have been scrapped. They also found that the main identifier number had been scratched off, but not a second number that is often recorded as well on the warrant of fitness for tracking purposes. So they got in contact with the seller telling him the cost for repair, around $5,000. He promptly tells them that he's not paying as it is, no refund to which they then asked, have you got the warrant of fitnesses for this generator? Silence for two days, they followed up with another email asking for it. No response. They then ask again and get an email from him saying that he'll take it back for $800. They said no, we want the woof and they get no response. They emailed him every day for two weeks, but nothing. So they printed out the original item listing that had been screenshotted, and had been archived on the website, and reported him to the website, and then the government. Four months later my friend is in court and the guy went up to him. He tells him that he will take back the generator for $800 and that my friend and his flatmate will be going in to tell the judge that the seller has refunded them and that they want it all dropped and that's what's happening here full stop end of the story they are doing what they are told to do. My friend said no. So they went into the courtroom and it was over very quickly. The inspector the government sent out to inspect the generator stated that it was in poor condition, shouldn't have been sold, was highly unsafe, and that the seller had tried to get the generator a woof in early 2021 but instead had been told that it was to be repaired or scrapped and that it was not to be sold. They identified it by a second number on the generator that they took down in the original attempt to get a warrant of fitness which had not been scratched out like the first. The judge ordered the landscaping firm owner to refund the flatmate the $800, pay the $5,000 for repairs to the generator, and was ordered to pay a $10,000 fine which would be given directly to my friend's flatmate as the affected party. When they left the courtroom the owner was furious and told them that under no uncertain terms was he paying them a penny more and that he couldn't understand what he had done to deserve such treatment. To which, my friend said, remember the water heater? He gave him a very confused look. Remember the water heater you brought for $100? Well, I do, because I sold it to you, and I know that you had a different one repaired and invoiced me for it. His jaw was on the floor and to hit it home he said it's a bitch isn't it, when what goes around comes around, especially when it accumulated interest. You have 48 hours to pay, or a debt collector will be contacted. Remember, this is the price you sometimes have to pay when selling second-hand electronics. Have a great day, don't let this hold you back. And they left. He paid the $15,000 two days later. My friend and the flatmate split the $10,000 50-50 as they agreed, combination of rent payments and study stuff, the generator got repaired, and then got a woof for it before selling it for $1,000 with a newly replaced identifier number. They then went out for a wonderful dinner and night out in town. In short, an old landscaping owner rips my friend off $400 so my friend makes him incur $15,000 in expenses. And that's where we'll end it today, thank you again for tuning in, and have a great day.